Coffee Shop Conversations is back after a week off while we piled PDX Jazz Festival Jazz Conversations on your plate. Hope you had a nice meal. If you didn't hear Pat Martino's, you should go listen as soon as you're done with this one. I'm Tom D'Antoni. Joining me today at World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th in Gleason is the man who is pretty much responsible for several generations of jazz musicians in Oregon. And I'm not exaggerating. Most of our greatest players have come out of Portland State University's jazz program. Charlie Gray invented it and was in charge for 27 years until he retired last spring. He was named a PDX Jazz Festival Jazz Master this year, and he's going to tell us all about how he did all that and maybe about directing the Ice Capades Orchestra before he came here. Let's meet Charlie Gray, shall we? Professor Gray, welcome to the cupping room. Thank you. Are you no longer Professor Gray, right? I am no longer. I'm Professor Emeritus. Okay. Now, so. All right. Yeah. How long have you been, you've been gone? I retired in uh, June of last year. So it's still fresh. It's very fresh. Wow. How does it feel? It feels great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting used to it. You know? Yeah. It's like some days I'm kind of like tapping the table. Wondering uh, but you're not really retired, are you? Uh, well, I'm retired from teaching. From teaching? Yeah. 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 You still pick up the bass, don't you? Not very often. Really? No, I haven't, I haven't really played actively in in some time. I've mostly been writing. Ah. I've got some projects going. I write for some high schools and I write Mm -hmm. for middle school jazz bands and, Mm -hmm. you know, this and that, so. Wow. Why did you, why did you, why did you give it up? Well, let's see. It was 27 years. Yes. Um, you can stop there. <laughs> I probably should just stop there. There, yeah. there were different. I just sort of felt like I was had probably brought as much as I was going to be able to bring, you know, and uh, uh, it just seemed like a good time. Yeah. It seemed right. So 27 years ago is 1988. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What were you doing before? I was at, uh, well, just before then, yeah. I had just, uh, I was finishing, <clears throat> excuse me, a master's at North Texas State. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, you know, everybody standing around the job, you know, the job board, yeah. <laughs> all the master's <laughs> candidates looking to see. And the, uh, this, the position at PSU was open, and uh, I applied and uh, this uh, trumpet player who used to play with the symphony Fred Sauter uh-huh. Fred Sauter was at PSU at the time and he was also a North Texas grad but um, uh-huh. he was the head of the search committee and came down to North Texas and we met and had lunch and uh-huh. he invited me to the finals what so, did you have to do well we came up it's pretty standard what you have we had uh you come up and you interview with faculty members. Mm-hmm. You interview with the they call it the search committee, mm-hmm. and you interview with the dean of the school, and then they uh, they had me take the jazz band at the time for mm-hmm. about a half an hour yeah. rehearsal, just to take take them through some stuff and yeah. see how things worked. And uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. it all worked out. What kind of things do do they ask? 
someone who's, who's up for that position in those interviews? What do they want to know? Well, it, things like um, philosophies of teaching, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of, what sort of uh, uh, methods would you use in any given situation, you mm -hmm. know. That position at the time was, it was a little bit of everything, so they wanted to know about how would I, how would I approach improvisation, how would uh -huh. I approach, obviously, the big band. Uh -huh. um, there was some jazz history involved. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so, and then it was just more things like how, what are your philosophies of recruiting? What's uh -huh. your philosophy of building? Uh -huh. How do you see, how do you see the program growing, and how do you see it building here, and uh, you know things like that. So you must have said all the right things. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was getting toward the end of the school year, and the, uh -huh. um, p people were starting to get a little bit desperate looking at the job boards. But <laughs> speaking of improvisation, this is funny. I did a, a phone interview with Gary Bartz few weeks ago, and he told me that he doesn't believe in improvisation. He, okay. sa he said that uh, if, 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 if you're making it up, you're not prepared. Interesting. I know that's a school of thought. Yeah. That's not your school of thought, is it? Um, I think it's, it would be like you want to, as best as possible, understand the language. Uh -huh and understand the theory and the history and then at some point hopefully you are at the point in your skills where you can put that to your own use mm -hmm. that would be that would be the improvising mm -hmm. i think what were your thoughts at that time about putting your own stamp on the program well at first to be honest with you it was just i'm so happy i have a job yes <laughs> <laughs> Because they're kind of far and few between. Yeah. Um, I was really, really thrilled to come to move here. Had you ever been here? Uh, I had been here with the ice show I was telling you oh, about. The ice capades? Yeah. Ah. And so I knew a lot of the local musicians because they played in the uh, band here. Yeah. And, but um, I grew up in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. So the weather and, you know, coming from Texas, two years in Texas to yeah. Portland was just ideal. And uh -huh. the city was so so pretty and so yeah. uh, everything was just so nice yeah. here so i was really excited just to be here mm -hmm. um the program the program didn't really get going when i got here there was basically the, i think they had a jazz band and, and that was about it and it wow. was non non majors there was no jazz major or anything like that so we we started i just started um you know teaching the classes and more and more kids started coming into the program. For a while, Andrew Hill, mm -hmm. pianist, was living here in Portland, and yeah. he came on um, as, an, as a, a, an instructor at PSU, so that got a lot of attention for yeah. us. Yeah. And so that was about maybe, I guess maybe 10 years in. Mm -hmm. By that time, we were really starting to get a lot of interest from kids wanting to study jazz specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, when Andrew left, um, Daryl Grant arrived. Mm -hmm. And when Daryl got here, then that gave us, we sort of had the, but our skills between us were able to cover a lot of those basic jazz major classes. So mm -hmm. um, at that point, 
we started to put the paperwork in. It's very bureaucratic. We have to put a lot of, yeah. you know, get a lot of classes um, uh, uh, picked and, and approved by the administration and mm -hmm. get um, uh, all sorts of things that you have to put through before we could actually say, now we are offering a jazz major. Wow. And so at that point, yeah, that was about... How late, many years in? Late, it was about 10 years in. Wow. Yeah. Daryl was the real catalyst at that point because there would be no way I could have done that by myself. Yeah. And, and he, you know, his skills, what he brought and what I brought were so compatible that, uh -huh. that it was really easy to put the curriculum together. Yeah. He, he bombs into town fresh off of Betty Carter, right? <laughs> yeah. And he was, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it yeah. was great. We had a really good relationship. And uh -huh. um, so we had... We, we finally got the jazz major approved, and it wasn't long before that, before after that, that we were able to put in um, the master's degree. So now we have an undergrad and a master's degree. Wow. And that, that kind of went along until about five years ago when uh, a, a new, a new um, professor position opened up, mm -hmm. and we were able to fill it with George Colligan. Oh, boy. So now that we were three, yeah, and uh, really starting to grow and get some get a really good reputation, mm -hmm. um, and also starting to move in a in a direction of being pretty supportive of vocal vocal jazz majors as well, and that hmm. that's kind of something that's really come along quite well. Yeah. Uh, so your your first graduating class, with, yes, uh, with, with, with your degree program, who who would we know that was in it? First graduating class. Now, I, I probably am getting off years a little bit. That's but, okay. Um, Ken Aulis. Yeah. John, John Savage was not a jazz major, but he played in our program. Mm -hmm. um, oh, uh, Brian Ward. Yeah. Brian was in one of the very first degrees, mm -hmm. and he went and he came back and got his master's, and now he's teaching in... Mm -hmm. in Washington. Mm -hmm. um, Tim Gilson? Yeah. He, 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 I think he got his degree before the major was there, but we had, you know, mm -hmm. um, some others that came through that are, that are active. Uh, Mary Sue Tobin of course. was one of our mm -hmm. great mm -hmm. graduate students. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, let's see. Some others that didn't really, there were some, uh, Doug Bundy, I don't know if you know Doug Bundy, who's mm -hmm. a really, really highly respected educator now. A lot of kid, a lot of our graduates are teaching in the schools. Mm -hmm. So it's been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. It's not pretty good. It's, <laughs> you've, you, you created the jazz scene here. Uh, I don't say I created the oh, no, jazz absolutely. scene. Oh, no, absolutely. No, of the people who didn't just move here because it was cool to, to move to Portland and play, and play jazz, mm -hmm. everybody else came through your system, right? The kids, yeah. 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 There's, yeah. It's, um, yeah. yeah. The thing that we've liked, that I've really been happy with is how many, how many of our graduates have stayed and stayed in music. Mm -hmm. We had a... As part of my sort of send-off in the spring, we had a, a, a reunion concert, mm -hmm. and we had kids all from clear kids. They're not kids, kids anymore, right? But <laughs> from clear back to '88, that wow. came and played, and they all still play. Some are teachers, mm -hmm. some are, you know, really regular 
yeah. parts of the jazz scene here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's been, uh, it's very gratifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 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 most of the Portland jazz composers ensemble, didn't they? That started at PSU. Yeah, yeah. as what? That was uh, Gus Slayton, yeah. who was a tenor player. And Andrew? Andrew Oliver. Yeah. Um, I think Ken had something to do with that, oh, yeah. start of mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, they would all had all gone through the arranging classes ah. at PSU, the jazz arranging classes mm -hmm. that I taught, and yeah. Daryl taught some of them. And then they would write for our big band at, at PSU, and uh, Andrew and Gus specifically really got the bug. They really liked working with large ensembles and mm -hmm. writing for that. So mm -hmm. when they graduated, just toward the end of the graduate, but when they're starting to graduate, they were getting this idea of assembling, you know, a composer's mm -hmm. orchestra. And a lot of it was PSU students or PSU grads. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, yeah. it's all over the place. I, I guess it's teaching, uh, Teaching someone to play an instrument is one thing, but teaching someone to, uh, to arrange is a completely different animal, or is it? Well, it's still, it's uh, accumulating skills, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, and then hopefully you have the, uh, uh, the laboratory in which to work and practice, yeah. you know, which is what we always try to do at PSU, is I always tried to make our, our ensembles available to our composers, our student composers. So mm -hmm. that's not always the case in every university setting. So we really tried to emphasize and just say, you've got something, you want to write something, bring it in, we'll play it. So, uh, but Gus and Andrew were so talented to begin with that mm -hmm. it was, you know, just a matter of, well, Here's the range, you know. <laughs> here's the range of the trumpet. Go write something. Really? Yeah. We'll see how it. Wow. We'll see how it goes. Wow. What What makes a good arranger? What, what kind of skill set does he have to have? Because it's one thing to play an instrument. Right? I think. Well, you have to be. You have to be familiar with the idiosyncrasies of the, the main instruments in an ensemble like mm -hmm. that. You have mm -hmm. to have a certain amount of, uh, well, you have to have a lot of harmonic knowledge, right? You mm -hmm. have to have, uh, you have to have a good, um, I think you have to have a good awareness of what other people are writing and mm -hmm. what's been written and, you know, the way, th the directions things are going. Mm -hmm. uh, imagination, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, abilities to uh, put your ideas into musical form with clarity and, you know, hopefully a little bit of humor, a little bit of yeah. whatever yeah. that you want to bring to it. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you did a lot of, a lot of arranging for uh, the, the Jackson Mills Band. I did. Yeah. And so when you were doing that, were you writing an arrangement to be an arrangement or an arrangement for a particular, for, for those people? The ones that we did specifically for Carlton, mm -hmm. Um, he, they, he played a couple of the things that I would have written, you know, like some of the things that I wrote at North Texas State and mm -hmm. some of the stuff I would write at PSU that, would, mm -hmm. that was appropriate for them. But every once in a while, would, Carlton would just, you know, say, can, how we'd, we'd start talking about an arranger or something. Yeah. We have, for instance, we talked about this arranger that used to write a lot of Buddy Rich's really quality stuff named 
Don Pystrip, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how much we both liked him, and and it was kind of like, well, how would it be to try to write something in the vein of? Mm-hmm. I said, oh, it sounds mm-hmm. like fun, so yeah. we'll do that, you yeah. know. So yeah. we'd had different things that way. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What what is your vein? My vein? Yeah. What, what's a Charlie? What's somebody, <laughs> somebody would say? Write write something in, in Charlie Gray vein. What would they do? That would be. Uh, <laughs> Well, hmm. I try to not be in a vein. Ah. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. and the thing with an arranger is that sometimes you're writing exactly to the project, right? You yes. know, if you, yeah. Let's say, for instance, you're writing for a singer mm-hmm. or it's a specific, the Africa Brass, right? Yeah. Something like that. Or the but, Ice Capades. Or the Ice Capades. <laughs> I wrote clown music for the Ice Did you? Yeah, did. Was that fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was seems like fun. it would be fun. Yeah, I got a lot of experience conducting for six years. You know, with, with <laughs> writing with, clown music. Yeah, clown yeah. music. Did it make you that? laugh when you were writing it? That's funny because you know, the thing is, um, you know, with with writers, you know, whether it's in word or, or music or anything, you know, uh, you, you, if you know, if if you write something and it makes you laugh, mm-hmm. then if and if you trust yourself, yeah, you know, then okay. It was it was fun to do that. I, yeah. I remember that it was the first, one of the first pieces of music that had actually gone, and been f- professionally copied by <laughs> the copyists in L.A. Yeah. And they sent the copies back, and I was so proud because it said clown music or something. Like <laughs> it. But um, but I try not to. I try to have my each arrangement or composition. I try to make it different than the one before. But you know, over the years, you can't you you get your tools. Yes. You know, so you're gonna right. you're gonna use your tools. Yeah. So, I, but I always try to you know, just try to stretch it a little bit with each new one. Mm-hmm. And depending on who I'm writing for, that that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. If I write for, I write some music for high schools that would be at a certain. Yeah. proficiency level right. that would be different than if I were writing for the Portland Jazz Orchestra or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. 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 You, you start the Portland Jazz, Jazz Orchestra? Yes. Yeah. Lars Campbell. Yeah. Why, Lars. Did, why, why, why did you, why, was there, you saw a need? Kind of. Uh, uh, there were, our goal with that band, there were mm-hmm. rehearsal bands and um, our goal was to start a band and really ensure and try to make sure that they always got paid well. <laughs> yes. And the hell, paid at all. <laughs> well, we didn't, we settled, we said, you know, we said, you, you play with us, you're going to get this much money. And, yeah. and it was prior to 2008 for about three years. Yeah. And we did, you know, we had a, a four four concert series and mm-hmm. they were very successful we had some mm-hmm. really nice concerts at the new mark and mm-hmm. started the uh, uh we started the christmas tradition of the playing the ellington yeah the, i saw you guys at st john's yeah, yeah yeah so it was uh and just to try to find really good players that were compatible it would give me a, an opportunity to write mm-hmm. you know lars was getting interested in writing would give him an opportunity to write and mm-hmm. and uh it just kind of went from there. Hmm. But your first interest wasn't in arranging and writing, was it? Or was it? Almost, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I had, uh, when I was, 
I think it was a sophomore, either a freshman or a sophomore in high school, which mm-hmm. would have been 66, 67. Yeah. Or, um, I was, of course, you know, way into Beatles and things like that, and yeah. I played the guitar. But I played in band at school, mm-hmm. and they had a little stage band, they called it back mm-hmm. then. And, and uh, I was intrigued by just how that sounded, you know. But the thing that really kicked it was uh, one of my friends said, well, there's this band, it's the Buddy Rich Big Band, and they're going to be playing in San Francisco. Would you like to go? Uh-huh. And I had not heard of them or oh, anything. And, <laughs> and he had the album. It was the album that has the West Side Story suite. Mm-hmm. And so we listened to the album all night the night before we went <laughs> and then went to the city and it was... Uh, you know, one of those really small clubs like Basin Street or something mm-hmm. where you're literally yeah. six feet from the saxophones. And um, I just came home and just said, that's what I, I want to be involved in that. That sound <laughs> is, mm-hmm. and, and not so much to play in it, but to write it. I don't know why. But wow. So I've just have been doing it since then. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. wow. But did, did, what about your bass playing? Uh, I've played bass, you know, I played bass at, and um, I started in college. I played guitar originally and mm-hmm. the jazz band needed a bass player, so uh-huh. I got a hold of electric bass and Did you? Yeah. then, you know, started playing gigs and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, about the time of the ice show, the bass playing sort of fell off a little bit. And yeah. But then the writing, and here, part of the reason I think that I was offered the job here was because I was able to I was able to say to them you know I can write I can write music for whatever ensemble you've got yeah. somebody had asked a question about well mm-hmm. we get funny instrumentations sometimes at PSU it's, a, <laughs> it's one of those kind of commuter schools it was at the time yeah and you're never really sure what you'd have I think the first band I had was like three guitars no bass a drummer <laughs> Trombone, just say, well, that's okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, write. Let's yeah. see what we can do. <laughs> so that's that's where all that came from. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um. So, uh, what, what was what was the biggest challenge that you you had to face when you got here? Well, the um, this is something that happens. Um, to all North Texas State graduates. Really? I think, when they go into teaching. <laughs> yeah. And that's that um, North Texas State, it's University of North Texas now, is mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing music school. And um, the competition to play in, the, you know, they have nine full big bands. And I think when I was there, there was about 400 jazz majors. Wow. And so the the level of proficiency in the students is just astonishing and when you're there and you're writing I wrote music for the one o'clock band and mm-hmm. played in the two o'clock band so <laughs> I got I was hanging out with really good players yeah. and but that becomes your norm yeah and, and yeah. so if especially if you're going to go into teaching if you mm-hmm. go into teaching like so I come from this level of one o'clock two o'clock band right, right. my first band is three guitars <laughs> that can't play and you know and so the biggest challenge at first was just to go okay now here we are yeah. let's yeah these these are your students let's yep. 
let's get busy and see what we can do. Uh, so it could, be, it could be frustrating occasionally. But we've come a long way since then. Yeah. A long way. Um, do, do you use um, software when you write? I do. I use uh, uh, like Finale, you know, the notation yeah. software. Um, sometimes it depends on exactly what it is I'm writing. Mm -hmm. uh, Finale is really is. I don't want, for lack of a better term, if you're working on a formula. Yeah. If if you're working on a formula chart, Finale works really well. It's really easy to use. It's uh -huh. like kind of like data entry, you know. Yeah. Um, if I I get my best ideas. And uh, do my best work if I start with pencil. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because then I'm not letting the, I don't let the, my limitations in uh -huh. the software uh -huh. limit what I might think about writing. Uh -huh. But it, it's invaluable to me because I'm not, I'm not a skilled keyboard player by any stretch. Oh, right. So I'm able to realize things uh -huh. with, with notation uh -huh. software that I couldn't. But the, come out but the best paper. ideas come with 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 with, uh, with paper, or even prior to the paper. Yeah, I think my best ideas come in the car. I just get them <laughs> in my head. Sometimes I, yeah, I'll try. Sometimes I, by the time I actually sit down with with the pencil or the software, mm -hmm. I've pretty much got it. I know what it's going to be. It's just kind of a yeah. Just a, the, that's the point where you just start to realize it, yeah. and yeah. you know. Well, how'd you feel when they, they named you jazz master for the, for the jazz festival? <laughs> well, you hear me laughing. Yes, I do. <laughs> I uh, realize the words are ephemeral. <laughs> I, I um, Daryl came to the office and he was explaining. He said, well, you know, they have this, the education wing yeah. of, the, of the festival now has this, it's, it's the education wing of the jazz master. And, mm -hmm. Uh, and he said, you know, he said, I think Thera Memory got it, won it last year. Highly deserving, of course. Uh -huh. And he said, and the board, or were they, they've nominated you to receive the award. Yeah. And I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just sort of looked at Thera like, really? <laughs> and he said, yes, yes. And so what I said, kind of laugh was that? Uh, just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, A mixture. Yeah, right. but I was, I'm obviously, I'm terribly honored. And, yeah. and then he said, and so in addition to that, we'd like to maybe get you involved mm -hmm. with the Africa Brass mm -hmm. transcriptions because we had, um, I had transcribed one of those pieces for my, one of my bands at PSU. Uh -huh. We had a really good tenor player, uh -huh. uh, Leon, Blackwell, mm -hmm. and uh, so we transcribed um, uh, Greensleeves, mm -hmm. and so Daryl had heard that, so he knew that we had at least one of the, <laughs> and so he said, would you be interested in uh, transcribing the rest of the record? Wow. And, th and that was good enough, and then he said, and, oh, and by the way, Ravi Coltrane will be playing. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, well, see, I better think about that. Okay. I'll yeah. <laughs> So it's been, it's been really fun. I've, we're having our rehearsal tomorrow, and yeah. uh, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. That's great. Yeah. How many pieces? I mean, there, there are five pieces. I, I mean, oh, I, in the ensemble. Yeah, in the yeah, ensemble. It's, yeah. it's um, 
Well, there's a there's the quartet uh -huh. with Ravi uh -huh. and Oren. Uh -huh. uh, Oren. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't remember his last name. Right. Uh, there's the quartet, yeah. and they're they're the players from they're coming out from the east coast mm -hmm. and then we have trumpet trombone mm -hmm. two french horns wow. euphonium mm. tuba and two uh saxophones that are doubling on uh. flute clarinet and bass clarinet stan bach playing the euphonium stan bach's playing the trombone really yeah wow yeah because he, he he you know he he's known for his euphonium yeah playing. yeah <laughs> I, uh <laughs> Let's see, who is playing euphonium? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. That's okay. Um, at any rate, it's, it's, it's been really fun to work with that instrumentation, you know. And they're not, they're not uh, note for note perfect transcriptions of the orchestrations uh -huh. necessarily because uh, on the record, each, each song on the record has a little bit different instrumentation uh -huh. and and sometimes the french horns don't play at all and some so we had a we had a discussion and we thought well why don't we we've got them let's use yeah, them yeah you know so it's they're they're a little bit more lush because uh -huh. they're whether they're we're using all nine horns pretty much most gotta of watch the time. out for the jazz police yeah well you know i i i was very clear when I, dis I discussed this with uh, uh, Don and Daryl and said, said I just think it's a better idea to have them playing right and, okay and so so the flavor is there if you say so the feel yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I, yeah I don't know no I really <laughs> yeah if somebody if that rubs somebody the wrong way I mean I I, I feel we have very good justification. I don't think there's as nearly as many members of the jazz police as there used to be. <laughs> I can think of a few. I think we've outlived them. <laughs> but we had a rehearsal a couple of weeks ago with a local rhythm section uh -huh. just to test test out the parts, and yeah. they sound good. They, it's really fun. Wow. So we're excited. That's great. Yeah, I'm certainly hoping that Ravi enjoys himself. Well, of course he will. I don't, can't see why he wouldn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much for stopping by. It's been great to talk to you finally after all this time. My pleasure. And congratulations on being named the Jazz Master for this year's <laughs> Jazz Festival. Again. <laughs> there you go. I know. I know. I understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, you know, have a great time in, in, at, at the festival. Thank you. I hope to. So.